Welcome back to What Happens in Topeka, a podcast where we talk about what's going on in Topeka, Kansas, what's going on in Reading, UK, and everywhere in between. Welcome back, JB. Hey, man. How are you doing, Si? I'm doing all right. Uh, it's uh, It's been all kinds of madness over the last couple of weeks with uh, us having an actual summer, which is pretty sweet. Yeah. Um, everybody's getting out and doing stuff, but it means that I have no time anymore. There's there's no time left, so it's all it's all just being either at work or at play. Absolutely, and one thing that I hadn't really considered uh, when when work moved so close to my home was mm-hmm. was that actually I end up with less personal time, which is very strange. Um, but I'm either there at the office, or yeah. like when there's always people in town, I'm hanging out with people that are coming out in town want to show them around and you know it's like and then all of a sudden i realized shit i've had four nights out of five away from yeah. home this week and i'm trying yeah. to record three podcasts oh <laughs> and God. see my family <laughs> and there's just no time for anything which yeah, no, is I why i totally understand i'm especially annoyed that just as we start this podcast my washing that i put out has now been caught in a flash thunderstorm <laughs> so that's one, oh, one less thing i've managed to achieve this weekend uh, did you get it out of the rain already? Yeah, it's soaking wet now. I'm going to have to do oh, that again. <laughs> What'd you do with it? Just sitting in the tub or something? It's just sitting in the tub right now, festering. Oh, man. Uh, but, uh, you know, the podcast must go on. It's more important. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so I think last yeah. week we had a fantastic uh, insight into your trip uh, to Utah. Yeah. But, but in a twist, we're not going to carry on with that this week. Yeah, no, uh, what we wanted to do is get Travis on with us to kind of backfill in his perspective as well. Yes. Um, So if you guys don't know what we're talking about, you can go back and listen to the podcast prior to this one where we discuss taking this uh, break into Utah doing some backpacking. So it's kind of part one. And with Travis being in Iceland for, what, two weeks? We'll come come back when he's uh, stateside and he can, you know, kind of, guarantee connectivity and all that nice. and we'll we'll conclude with the part two of that but if you haven't listened to part one i think it's worth it it's definitely worth it if you want to find out what it's like to shit into a bag yeah <laughs> episode two of topeka is definitely the place to go for that information yeah oh yeah that's definitely vital information everybody needs to know this everybody's everybody's interested in the zombie apocalypse they they have to shoot zombies in the head with ak-47s but nobody really thinks about what happens when they got to take a dump in the woods because that's the stuff that's actually going to have to be an issue you know that's yeah, what's really going to go down you're going to do that at some point like plumbing forget it that's not safe you're not going to want to go into a bathroom you're going to be out in the woods with the rest of the animals taking the deuce it's one thing you never be. see in the walking dead you never see rick sneaking off for a shit do you no no they never show the the, the dark underbelly of uh, frontier zombified living <laughs> you know the other thing this is totally unrelated but it's another tv thing and movie <laughs> thing that really annoys me uh, yeah when you ever see anybody lock a car when do you ever see it they never do it they walk no. away from the car they're driving around the fucking mercedes or whatever they'll just park it on the street just walk away just walk away well, well that actually I grew up in a town where that happened. No. Like that was, oh yeah, that was a regular thing. When I grew up, the people, they didn't lock their doors at night. Get they out. Didn't, they didn't, yeah, no, I slam my car door, walk right in. Nobody was going to bother it. <laughs> that's amazing. Wow. And isn't that, it's what's wrong with the world is that's the exception. It like really we should is. All be, 
we should all be able to live like that. And, and okay, so you brought that and put that on the table. I'm going to take <laughs> another turn. Cool. And uh, I was reading this week that uh, I think it was, um, it was a Latin American South. Now I can't remember what it was. <laughs> but uh, another country has uh, basically outlawed plastic bags. Good so they're them. not, no plastic bags for this country at all. Nice. And when everybody talks about how progressive countries are, you see countries that aren't economic powerhouses just saying, look, we're, we're not going to do the plastic bag thing. Mm -hmm. And I think that's excellent. And then I look at my culture and go, why, why do we still even put up with it? We know it's, we, st we know it's going to the landfill. It's going to be there forever. And we get the plastic bags right there. There's millions of them going out the doors every day. It's terrible, so, isn't it? It's it's yeah. It's the effect of extreme convenience because it really is. I will I will do a lot of bad things to be mm. able to carry my shopping home in a comfortable manner. <laughs> I, the sad, I bought some. The sad yeah. thing is that's everyone in the world. I was thinking about this the other day. I was I was talking to somebody who was saying, if half the people in the country, let's even be like even be even fewer than half, let's say like one fifth or something, like twenty million people. A day mm -hmm. buy a plastic bottle and throw it away. That's twenty million plastic bottles a day. It's crazy. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Um, people with Nalgene bottles, you'll see these a lot with campers and hikers, and people go to, to REI and they buy these Nalgene bottles. I have a couple of Nalgene bottles. I thought that's you need that because it can handle uh, hot boiling water, it can handle cold water, it can right. handle volume. It's indestructible. What I find out now is that people are just still go to the store and they'll buy a liter bottle of water of just whatever make. And the bottle is actually lightweight. It's, it's perfect for hiking. Right. And then they just hang on to it. So I've, I've kind of gotten into the habit of hanging on to that. Just that I'll get a plastic water, a bottle of water when I start the week at uh, whatever job site, uh, just yep. courtesy of the hotel. I'll just keep that with me because you that, can refill yeah. it in the gym or wherever. Nice. I think it's little changes, right? Would actually make a big difference, but you know, are we going to change? I don't know. I've got my kids uh, over watching movies now and uh, they're 11 and you know I go through the usual what do you want to watch type thing I go well you want to watch uh, Avengers you want to watch a Marvel movie do you want to watch uh, you know any, any of the big movies yeah. and they just they don't want to watch them they don't want to watch Marvel they don't want to watch uh, uh, the, the Bruce Pixar Willis or whatever, asteroid movie stuff <laughs> Pixar, they're good with. Animation, they're good with. I could tell yeah. you they're not good with big conflict movies. They're just worn out by it. That's they, good, you know, though. That's, I guess yeah. that's a good sign. Yeah, they don't want to. They're just tired. It's it's just too much for them. So I, I'm getting on board with that mindset that it's just too much. Too I always much. think it's sad when you see uh, kids. We were, uh, we were at a fair, like a local village fate kind of thing today. And mm -hmm. uh, it's pretty cool. You get to see, you know, ferret racing which is a standard practice over here you should be aware of. Um, I was not aware of that. Well, you know, ferrets like a good race. Well, some of them do. Some of them are fucking useless. But some of them <laughs> enjoy a good race. Uh, when, yeah. we, when we headed over to the ferret section uh, today, we uh, you, you, you can check out the resting ferrets before they get ready for a race. They're just chilling out. And in fact, they have a kind of very comfortable-looking hammock system. So there's like a big old cage. It's, it's big enough. But inside is a is a material hammock, and the ferrets are just chilling out. They're just lying in this hammock. It looks like the most comfortable thing in the world. Yeah. They're having a beautiful old time. And then when it comes to race time, they get brought out. They get sort of woken from, from their slumber, and they're told, right, mm -hmm. now you've got to work for your money. You're going to have to race. Right. 
Right. Four ferrets go up against each other. There are four tubes, each with a different colour, and the oh, okay. uh, the baying crowds can bet on their favourite ferret. In this case, there was a ferret called Simon. In um, yeah, he actually was won the red? race. To be fair, he was no. in. He was in. Uh, what was he? he? Was the blue ferret? I think. Oh okay. Did very well for himself. Did Simon and um, they basically the the. The, the sort of ferret controllers. I don't know what the official terminology is. I'm sure there is one, but I'm going to call them ferret controllers because it seems to be about right. They they sort of get the ferret ready. And if you've seen a ferret, it's kind of like a weasel type of thing, basically. Ooh, ooh, yeah. It's sort Dang, of very long. It's like right. surprisingly long. It's like a big, long rat, basically. Yeah, is yeah. I, I, know what you, I know what you're talking about. I knew somebody that had one. Um, and they had a cage with, you know, like you said, the little hammock. And they they slept a lot, but oh man, they <laughs> they stink. Oh, oh they yeah, stink. Oh, oh yeah, they that's, are, yeah. They, they are do absolutely not, rank. Yeah, do not have a nice odor. And if they go into the corner of your house, because they do this, rabbits will do this too. If you go in, they'll go in and find a corner of your house, and they'll do their business in the corner. Get out! And no, no, that is now the corner that it's always oh, going to get horrible. done in. So as soon as they pick a corner, some people say, "Just put the box in that corner," because you're not going to move them out of that corner. It's it's like their scent is there. <laughs> and this is why I've often thought that a sloth would be a great pet. Because they don't move very much. You could just like True. have a bar that runs from one corner of your room to the other. You, yeah. You hang him up on one corner one. You're like, all right, Steve, I'll see you after work. And then he just suddenly slowly crawls across during the day. He's had a good workout. He's not He's not bored, you know. He's getting stuff done. But much like you're talking about the rabbits and the ferrets, a sloth will always shit at the same place. But the reason for it is actually quite genius. Because a family of sloths will live in the same tree for their entire life. So they actually shit at the base of the tree they live in, which fertilizes and helps the tree grow. Well, they're not eating McDonald's or anything. That's, <laughs> that's, Isn't that pretty always, cool? Yeah, no, I mean that makes that makes total sense as long as the diet's supportive of the environment. You couldn't that's true. You couldn't go build a tree house in a maple and then just take a dump once a day and expect that tree to continue to survive. You're gonna have some issues. Well, yeah, I suppose I've gotta I've gotta be careful about what I feed him. That is a yeah. very good point. Yeah, you really have to. And you have to remember that the sloths have huge claw-like fingernails. Right. And they're strong because they, they move very slowly. So they've got to be like immensely strong. I would imagine that if it latched onto something you didn't want it to latch onto, you'd have a real problem on your hands. Then if you happen to be in the area where it poops, you, you're really, you got to wrestle this thing. It's crapping all over <laughs> you. You're trying to pull it. There's claws. It's screaming. Oh, you know little what? fella. I can imagine the smell would be pretty bad as well. Yeah, yeah. I've I've known a lot of people that had exotic animals, and it's always a struggle. After a while, it's just a struggle. Yeah, I heard a story the other day about this woman who had a pet uh, python, and this python mm-hmm. was getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And then she took it to the vets because she was like, I don't know what's going on, but the python, he seems okay. He seems, you know, healthy or whatever, but he hasn't eaten anything for like three days. And she was starting to freak out. She took it to the vet, and the vet said, I know why it hasn't eaten for three days, because it's sizing you up to eat you. Oh, my God. How big was this thing? <laughs> it was, like, fucking eight foot long. Jeez. And it was like, it was like, yeah, I reckon I can eat you now, so I'm just going to take it easy for a few days and then, uh, and then yeah. chow down. Well, I've known people that had 
big bow is when I lived over in Manhattan, Kansas, I, I knew a few guys at the army base there. And one of them had a, a red tail boa that he was trying to sell me at the time. And a red tail boa doesn't get enormous, like a, like a reticulated Python yeah. or something, but they do get long. They do get very strong as well. And he basically had it in a 55 gallon aquarium with cinder blocks sitting on top of that, you know, plastic oh, and mesh roof. Yeah. And what the, the snake would do this big arch thing and push the lid off. No way. Yeah. Oh, oh it, it, it's, yeah. Snakes are terrifying escape artists <laughs> because when they get out, they, you, you walk into a room and then, okay, so let me back up. This happened to me. I owned a, uh, a ball Python for a while. Right. And I loved it because you can just look at it. You feed them mice every little, you know, once a couple of weeks and it's fine. And I came in one day and the aquarium kind of pushed aside. And I look and I, I had this log. Now we're talking a snake of about two to three feet long. Right. And it's not venomous. It's a constrictor. So it's definitely more afraid of, of me than I am of it. And yes. none of that seems to matter when you realize there's a loose snake in the room. <laughs> <laughs> you start, you start like, oh, well, where could it be? You know, you and go I, all Indiana I, Jones. You're like, I fucking hate snakes. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking, I'm looking around on the floor, like, oh god, what's gonna happen? I turn around and he's poking his head out of the closet where the uh, <gasps> oh, sweaters no. were, so he'd gotten into there. Um, so that was a huge relief to me. Um, I don't know how right. you could live with something like that. That's just well, when it's you know, it can't kill you when it's a little tiny snake and it just lies there most of the time. I don't know. It's not a good pet. I'm going to say it's definitely not a good pet. But while I, want I a had pet it, that I can give it, you know, it could jump up on my lap. I give it a little cuddle. That's the kind. Of I'm pet definitely I into that. No, I yeah. I completely understand that. But at the time, I was like, this thing doesn't need me so much for anything except a mouse every week, and that's the commitment I'm willing to put yes. in. Yes, it's quite it's quite goth as well. Were you goth at this stage? No, I, I, I couldn't. Or, or metal, it. maybe. It was definitely metal at the time. It was yeah. definitely metal, but it didn't have anything to do with the snake. It was, uh, it was a pet that I could have that if it pooped in the house, it's because it was supposed to poop in the house. Yeah. And, yeah. and bir birds, if you get a bird, that's an even bigger mistake of an investment because you're just going to have this thing screeching bloody murder. Uh, yeah, I can't have that. No, I'm not into it. And then they say when you buy one of these things, um, you don't know if you're going to get along with it or not. Because it's got, a, it's got its own personality. It doesn't care anything about your personality. And the next thing you know, you've purchased an animal that's going to live 110 years and, and will loathe you for every single day of it. Oh, that's brutal. <laughs> Plus, it's a bird in a cage. There is something terribly sad about that, isn't there? Well, there's some people that when they live in the right environment, they put the bird outside. Okay. Because it can't fly away. This clip, if the, the wings have been clipped or, or whatever. Oh, but, yeah, I don't you know, know if I like that. Yeah, no, I'm not a fan of it. And, but then again, I'm not a fan of owning a, a responsibility no. like that. Like a dog, I, I can handle. A cat, I can handle. I'm just not a bird. I can't do. I would really love to get a dog, but I just don't feel like I'm in a position where I could guarantee to be around long enough. And then I'd be in the situation where I feel guilty because yeah. I'm leaving the dog. The dog feels shit because he's being left alone all the time. And yeah, it's right. not great for anyone. Yeah, that's why I'm I'm still kind of the houseplant stage of, of pet ownership. <laughs> yeah, yeah. plants can, are fine. If I can keep aloe vera alive, then I'm doing okay. I've at least gone that far. I can, yeah. keep, uh, I can keep plants alive. And if they do die, I feel limited guilt, you know? 
yeah, it's more, ah, well, it's frustration. Dang it. And then, yeah, you're like, yeah, it. I blame myself, but I'll go and buy a new one. It's not a problem. Like, I, I, I don't yeah. have a personal attachment to the fact that, you know, that it's a plant other, other than it look nice. That's about it. I've, ma- I've made sure to purchase all plants that have basically no reliance. Basically, I've moved from snake, which has no reliance upon me but a mouse, and to house plants, which basically require watering. And that's it. I don't have to talk to these guys. They're yeah. fine on their yeah. own. I, yeah. I live with a bunch of loners in pots. <laughs> what, what's, your, what's your feeling uh, on, on the cactus? On cactus? Yeah. Um, I, think they're, I think they're okay. I don't own any because I, I, I just don't get it for, for me personally. Like I would put it outside of my windows yeah. as sort of a decoration slash security measure. I do that. <laughs> yeah. It doubles or, up as a small security measure. That's right. Yeah, it does. It does. Or a rose bush. We had, uh, growing up in the Midwest, we do a lot of rose bushes. Yes. Outside. I, mean, I, I love, love roses. the roses. In fact, I just purchased two more roses from my garden this weekend. Oh, nice. What'd you get? They are like dwarf roses. So they're only going to be small. They grow yep. to like, you know, a couple of feet high or whatever. Uh, a beautiful kind of mandarin orange color for one. Mm-hmm. And then like a uh, and then a kind of pinkish rose for the other. Beautiful. So yeah. I put those guys in the border today, and fingers crossed they uh, they survive. Yeah, they should be fine. They should be fine. I got a couple of a few years ago. They're still. It doesn't take a lot for these guys. They grow like crazy. I I, I got a, picked up a few maybe twelve years ago, and they're still doing great. Yeah, nice. Well, and believe me, they don't they don't get a lot of attention. <laughs> Sometimes that's the problem, isn't it? It's like it's like you can kill these things with love as well. You're like, oh, you know, I'm going to water it four times because I happen to be home today, and the plants just sitting there. We're like, stop fucking watering me, you know? Like, <laughs> I yeah. don't need it. Yeah. So that's why I got I, I have aloe vera, I have a palm uh, plant, I've got a silver uh, fern, and if I water them once every two weeks, if I go like every ten days, that is sometimes too much watering. For really? these guys. Yeah, so they're desert plants, so they just suck up the water and they hold on to it. Yes. So Aloe vera doesn't for... grow here. Is it true? Yeah. You, yeah. you can like mm-hmm. cut the leaf open and just squeeze out the gel like straight from oh, yeah. the leaf. Really? That's that's, that's, why I, that's why I have it. Yeah, you put it on uh, sunburns and it fixes it right up. Absolutely fixes it right up. That is pretty awesome. Yeah, so I have, I have four or five plants. And they what they do is they split off easily. So I... You know, I have I started with like two, and now I have seven, and I could probably pot off three or four more. Nice. And uh, yeah, and they grow super easy. Just put water in. My grandma had them, so I always wanted them. Whenever I got a sunburn, she's—it's gross. Let me tell you, you cut open an aloe vera leaf. <laughs> there's this gel in there, and then there's this this viscous sort of uh, horror movie glaze that Ooh. just. Oh, it's awful. You get, you're like, ugh. You can, it's just... <laughs> but it feels amazing. This... Well, no, that part's still pretty gross. You no. remember when uh, you saw the original Ghostbusters? I did. When Bill Murray is in the hallway and the green, <laughs> yes. yeah, yeah. And he, he's like, he slimed me. That's exactly what it is. <laughs> it's just like, ugh. It's like dog slobber is what it is. You know, like I have a big mastiff with. You remember Turner and Hooch that I movie? Do. Yeah, that big, those, ugh, it's like that. But the gel, <laughs> the gel is wonderful. It's yeah, amazing. There you go. Yeah, you put it right on your sunburn, fixes you right up. So, 
Right, well, that was that was a great start to the show. We 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 for some reason talked about plants uh, and eighties movie references. So that's uh, that's 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 great. I mean, I, I have no idea why we're talking about stuff, but I'm glad we are. <laughs> we had a real different direction for this because <laughs> that's how the show goes, and that's fine. That's totally fine. I'm I'm all, I'm on board with it. So why don't we take like a short break and then we'll finish it up. Perfect. Cool. We'll just take a quick break and we'll be back right after this. Right, welcome back to What Happens in Topeka. What we did plan for this podcast, and it's a fairly broad plan as usual, but we wanted to talk, as we're both now experiencing a proper summer, we wanted to talk about summer drinking, summertime drinking. Mm, Yeah. It is an important part of life. It is. It is. And I think everybody experiences in their own way, but one thing that I know uh, from living in England for a long time is that as soon as the sun comes out, it changes everything. It changes everything. There are so many more options, and all of a sudden, the whole vibe of the place changes. I think I mentioned to you before, and that means mostly events that are a thinly veiled disguise for drinking. Mm. Anything, a yeah. festival, yeah. Um, like a kids' thing, that'll be drinking. There'll be a beer tent there for sure. Everywhere, <laughs> Just everywhere, anything. dog show, yeah. you know, flower yeah, show, this- everything. This is springtime and summertime. I mean, when the sun is out and the weather is great, people are out celebrating it. And I went to Finland years ago, and I was there for their Vapu celebration, which is in, I think, May, like early May. And from that moment on, you can feel it getting warmer as the sun is up longer and longer and longer. They don't get to see much sun over there. And they just disappear into the hinterlands, man. They're up in the hills, they're up in the Laplands, and they just they have these cottages and they just hang out. And I think it's awesome. I want yeah, that. That's very I cool. Definitely, I appreciate that. And they drink a lot, so yeah. Now they, uh, well, I think there's there's all these different um, rituals that go on. I don't know what happens mm. happens where you are in the Midwest. Over here, I suppose the biggest ritual is after work drinking. So that's a thing that happens a fair bit, but in the summer it happens a lot. And yeah. it's a great excuse. After work, everyone's messaging each other. Where are we going to go? What's going to go down? We're just going to find a bar and sit in the sun and just soak it up and drink tea for one cocktails. I mean, that's a standard behavior. I love it. I love that. I, I do love that. I think that's fantastic that you guys could just take off as the group and do that. Oh, it's when I work, I'm usually, you know, I'm usually on my own in whatever city. If there's another coworker in, then yeah, absolutely, we're going to go out and, and and sit on that uh, outdoor bench. But man, I'm jealous when it. That's you know, other people are having it because I understand <laughs> how good it is. The other thing um, I really like is planning to just go out drinking. I was talking to somebody once, and we were just like making small talks. But I think we were in a work environment somewhere. We were just making small talk, and I was, oh, you uh, got any holidays lined up? And he was like, yeah, yeah, I've got a holiday in a in a couple of weeks. Just got a just got two days off. And I said, what are you going to do? And he just said, daytime drinking. yes my man yeah that is a good answer it's not bad it's not bad at all (laughs) i i uh i've got some i have a i array before myself a new summer drink and that's that's something i've been doing just the last three or four years 
Um, because I find in the winter time, I'll drink a lot of, I'll drink porter, I'll drink a stout. It's a whiskey. It's a dark, yes, rich, Man, you know, it's a, a manly beverage. Drink. Yeah, a yeah, you have a beer. Yeah, you know, on on the weekends you'll have an IPA. After five o'clock, you have a vodka martini, dirty with olives. You know, you'll <laughs> have good. you have like this, uh, let's say October to March sort of thing going on. But now that we're entering into the summer, I'm shifting gears and moving to my summertime cocktail stuff. And I love what I've got this year. This is a bourbon smash. A bourbon smash. So hold on, are you yeah. are you? creating these yourself or are you going out and picking something for the season oh this no this is the drink no, for the season. no no i'm not that creative this is uh, something i <laughs> this is something you can look up online real real easy okay so tell me what's in a bourbon smash uh you gotta have some mint leaves and uh about three lemon wedges per like cocktail oh okay serious Ser- so- citrus yeah, yeah, it's got to be lemon. I tried it with lime. It's not the same. You got to put the lemon in, and uh, then you have to muddle it up. So you got to have a muddler. Yes. If you know what one of those I'm is. So you got to muddle that the up. Then um, it's about three quarters of an ounce of simple syrup. Yep. And then it's about two ounces of bourbon. And mm, over ice, it's so good. So good. That sounds very good. I mean, it's kind of um, what does it remind me of there? Because it's, it's kind of like. It's almost like a a basic kind of whiskey sour type of thing, right? Because you've just got the, yeah. you've got the syrup in there. You've got the very, very sour uh, lemons. I love that kind of thing, man. I, it's and, refreshing. It's the citrus that kind of gets it. It's a little sweet. Um, so no other I mixer. Did, no other mixer. Yeah, no other mixer. But what I have done is I've rednecked it up a little bit. Nice. Because I have all the stuff that... that I, you know, I wanted to make with it, but I thought, well, could I make this if I didn't have lemons? Because some people can't afford, you know, lemons are really expensive or they're just not okay. in season. Right. Yeah. Kind of whatever. And mints, the same thing. Like right now, mints pretty big in the area. So even if you have a little garden, you probably got some mint in it. So you just run out and, and pick some and have it ready. Yeah. Um, so what I've done is I've, I've went ahead with some lemon seltzer oh, and okay. the simple syrup and the bourbon. And I put the mint leaves in and muddled and it's, it's really good. And the, the nice the thing about it is, is that's too easy. That's way too easy. <laughs> yeah, but, it's not a mixologist effort at this point. I'm just like, you yes. know, like I said, I'm redneck I'm rednecking it up. I'm just putting whatever because the the cocktail itself is 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 very good. It's it's sweet and it's got the citrus, but there's not much of it. Yes. And what I want, you want is a longer a bit, drink, right? I want a longer drink without increasing the alcohol. So I thought, well, I'll just get that seltzer water. I'll have the alcohol. I'll have everything I want. And I can sip on it in you know, a like a thermos, uh, you know, sixteen <laughs> sort of uh, beach style. You know how it is. <laughs> I know how it is. <laughs> this is why. This is why my go-to is always a gin and tonic, because it's you can so make good. it as strong or as long as you want. But it's also dead easy. And if you want to be really basic, you could just be like, "There's my gin. There's my tonic. Get it down. Yeah. That's it." I am. I am into the gin and tonic. I find it's really, really refreshing. Um, and it's good. I have, I'm just now stepping into gin a little bit, so I, I don't know much about it, but I definitely get the, um, you know, I get the juniper notes out of it. Yes. Um, I've had a, what, a cucumber gin that Very was pretty nice. good as well. Yeah. Well, over here in the UK, obviously we are, we are in gin country over here. There mm-hmm. are thousands of uh, gin distilleries and because it's become a lot more popular over the last like year, there's more and more of them cropping up. And if you ever get into town, I will take you to a fantastic, uh, 
pub. Just looks like a regular pub from the outside, but they have like forty different gins in there. Ooh. And they'll set you up with a big old bowl glass, and they'll match the uh, stuff that they put in the glass. So if it's a certain type of gin, they'll put like cardamom pods in there. If it's another, they'll put strawberries in there. It's it's fantastic. Really, really oh my good. god! I have like I have like five weeks of vacation. I have to book off. I mean, <laughs> I may cash some points in on this one. That's uh, I think it may to have to happen. I don't. I'm surprised that you haven't yeah. made an excuse to uh, come over here yet. Uh, I've been tied up since January, basically. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so, so soon, soon I will be uh, free range again Very for a nice. short time. Yeah, I can't wait. So, so you're drinking gin and tonics. Yes. Um, when I was over in England the last time. I uh, I have a friend over there. He lives uh, up up north uh, from London, a fair ways. Yeah, and he was making something with gin and uh, watermelon. Ooh, and cucumber. I think I'm a big fan of watermelon in any situation. To be honest. Oh yeah, I am yeah, as, as well. You can't beat it. And we were just sitting out yesterday. It was super hot, so we're just looking for stuff to cool down. And my mum and dad are in town actually, staying with my sister. They live just a few miles away, so I was hanging out with those guys. And you know, you're playing with the kids out in the sun. It's all just a bit hot, and you kind of after yeah. a while, it's just too much sun, right? You need to. Yeah. So we escape inside, and my mum just appears with a wedge of watermelon ice cold from the fridge I was like oh Oh, yeah so good it seems so luxurious at the time you know yeah it is it is an absolute luxury I uh that and pineapple I've got yeah I totally agree I totally agree pineapple is one of those things when you when I drink pineapple juice because it's a simple thing really right well it seems like a simple thing but every sip of pineapple juice I'm like holy shit this is like this is like super luxurious. I shouldn't even be allowed this. How am I? It's a crazy nectar, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Imagine the first dude that like cracked open a pineapple after he'd been chewing on twigs for months. Mm. Cracks open mm. a pineapple and he's like, holy shit. I am gonna eat you know this to, every day. Do you know how to you know how to tell if you got a good pineapple or not? Go on. Alright, so the top of the pineapple, all the green, hard, spiky leaves yeah. or whatever. You grab one in the middle and try and lift the pineapple with that. Ah. And if the pineapple breaks off easily, it's ready to go. Gotcha. That is a good tip. So, yeah, because yeah, so, it'll just yeah. pop out if it's uh, if it's. If yeah, it's it'll right. just snap off. Yes, because it's been off the vine for long enough that it's starting to say, well, I don't need this leaf. I don't need this leaf. So it starts cutting off you know parts of itself nice. so to you know keep to keep viable yes so yeah, yeah. You, you'll have this pineapple oh it's so good i just tried a bit of it before i got on the podcast <laughs> it's, i'm going back to it soon enough i love it man and i think there's a certain thing i can hear you drinking your drink now that's annoying yes. <laughs> i haven't got one that's, damn it i should have uh, prepared that's my smash right there very nice um, it's just it's cool it's refreshing you put it i mean it's mostly lemon seltzer water to yes. be honest yeah, yeah it's like a it's like a shot of uh, bourbon and that's it and 16 ounces of uh lemon <laughs> water a little bit of simple syrup and it's, del- it's just delicious it's refreshing it's like uh it's like a caprenia yes or it's yeah, like yeah. a mojito you know it's it's in that kind of class of drinks because it has that citrus in it oh my or, goodness uh, or a margarita is a classic yes. summer drink, and those are those are pretty well known around the area. So when um, we when we were when we were over in Jamaica, I think one of the most satisfying things 
we're talking about pineapple again, was was going up to the counter and just asking the guy for a pina colada and having him oh, fill yeah. my mug, which is like a litre and a half or whatever, have him just fill it up, just fill it on up. So he starts with like a good old measure of dark spice rum and then just pours in that uh, delicious pineapple mm. leaf sludge. Oh, oh yeah, so yeah. Good. And then you're just sitting on the cabana, the waves are pushing in on the beach, the... The wind's up a little bit. It's so nice, and you're dr- and you, then you just kind of sit there and contemplate life for about eight hours. Mm, yes, that's what it takes to work off a thirty-two ounce anything. Really, is <laughs> you're going to be at that for quite a while, especially when you get a huge thermos cup. You know, the kind with like stays a ice cold for like nine hours. Yeah, that thing, exactly. Oh, I so miss you'll it. sit there and you'll be at that forever. I miss. And it when you so get hungry, well. you just you walk down and get some beach meat, and you're good to go. <laughs> that's right. Get that jerk pork oh, or that jerk was good times. We need to recreate that uh, situation somehow. Yeah, well, I think it's completely possible. Um, yeah. We just got to figure out the when and the where. Yeah. So absolutely. those are the big summer drinks for me, anyway. If have you, you ever done? You like the um, have you ever done Pims? This y- yes, I'm interested in this. Go on. So now I'm not going to be able to tell you what Pims is, like actually technically what it is, but I'll give you like the cultural background because that's what's most important. So okay. Pims is uh, it's like a large summer cocktail that's usually served in a jug in very high quantity. So you get like you know two liters, three liters of the thing in a big old jug, and it's got the um, it's got the alcohol, which is some kind of uh, liqueur of some kind. I can't remember exactly what it's based on, but it's some kind of liqueur. It goes in there, and then you basically have a shitload of fruit and uh, lemonade or seltzer or whatever. Uh, mix it all up in a big old thing and then share it around everybody. And it's pretty basic, but it is delicious. And it tastes like no alcohol whatsoever. And so it's a fantastic, like you go to a big fancy event, they'll have Pim's tents everywhere and people will just be walking around with like two jugs of Pim's in each hand. Go to their group and that's what they're drinking for the next two hours. It's so good. And it's a great thing to have at a party because it looks really fancy as well because you get the big jug with all the different bits of fruit floating around in it and everything. Oh, it's yeah. fantastic. Yeah. But I, so I'm it's sure like you can a- get it. Um. Yeah, I'm sure I can. Maybe we can get everything else. I'm gonna find out was... what it is. You can fill for a second because I'm looking at what Pims is. Yeah. No. It, you know what it sounds like to me? It sounds like a high octane uh, northern sangria. It you know, is sangria like a, yeah, it's like a posh sangria, basically. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we've we've done some. We've we've spent some time in in Spain, you and I, and and the amount of sangria that was just kind of always around hmm. and it was i wasn't that bad but uh, you know I, I i didn't mind it so much i'd never had it before really but you can buy uh, like a three liter thing of sangria for what 99 cents it's so incredibly cheap like it's ridiculously yeah. cheap yeah and it's it's wine like you get in any other bottle but it's also mixed with this fruit and and you know it's a it's a, it's a cocktail, but it comes in three three liter bottles, <laughs> and it's pre made as well. So you just pour the bastard out and drink it. Yeah, just pour it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, yeah. it's gin. It's based on gin, obviously. Of course it is. Yeah, of course exactly. it is. You're in gin country. Why wouldn't it be gin? So it's only twenty five percent proof, right? So it's not super strong, but that's why you can turn it into this big old cocktail and just keep it keep it rolling. So if you yeah, see that, it and- somewhere, Pim's number one cup is what you want. Pim's number one cup. Hmm, I'll yeah. give it a try. Yeah, it's really good. There's a there's a place in uh, in Manhattan um, that has great cocktails like this um, called Oscar Wilde's. Sounds like my and kind if, of if, joint. 
if you're ever in Manhattan in New York and it's down, um, I think it's around 35th street or something like that on kind of the east side of the, the mm -hmm. island. Um, it's right across the street, right around the, the block from this great Korean chicken place. Uh, <laughs> there's so many good places like packed that around that good area. Knowledge. But you go to uh, you go to Oscar Wilde's and they have all these different cocktails. Now I was there in the wintertime, so they were serving the heavy, smoky cocktails. They they do like a a smoky like Manhattan, I think, is what it was. Nice. Where they would they would char up uh, a plank of wood, and then they would smoke the glass. Oh, very and, fancy. Yeah, and then they had like a prohibition teacup cocktail. They, you know, kind of stuff like that. Very it's nice. really fancy. If you're ever there in New York, you got to go check it out. I, I, I think it's pretty cool. But yeah. be prepared for crowds because it was, oh, it was always full of people. Oh yeah, yeah I think this is it. the thing. These little kind of places. Once, once it, once it gets found out, everyone's in there. We went. Yeah, and it, I was going to say York, when, when I was over in uh, when I was over in Barcelona in January, this was actually not a work trip. I was over there with a buddy. We just took a long weekend and kind of checked the place out and um, i used to live in barcelona many many years ago for a few months so i oh, kind of cool. kn know it but it was great going back and this time going back a little bit older a little bit more worldly wise because i was basically straight out of university when i lived there and uh with money <laughs> which was a big difference and we could actually afford to go places and we wanted to find some cool cocktail bars and kind of see if that scene was going on yeah uh over there and it is and it is big time. And we went to um, we went to this bar called Doctor Stravinsky's. And okay. this is a good tip for any of uh, the international travellers who listen to the pod. And I know that's most of them. Uh, if you go to Barcelona, check out Doctor Stravinsky's. It is a fantastic little speakeasy cocktail place. Ooh, speakeasy. And yeah, yeah, yeah. So you wouldn't even know it's there really. And then you oh. go inside and all the guys are dressed up. They've got the full cocktail, you know, waistcoats on and the whole outfits and everything like that. And yeah. they do a drink called the Camp Nou, which is named after the uh, famous Barcelona football stadium, the Camp Nou. And okay. it's, it's called that because it's bright green, the color of the pitch, the color of the grass. And it's actually, mm. um, it's actually pimped with like little stalks of grass sticking out the side of the, of the glass. It is delicious. Yeah. So that one, I have no idea how to make it. If you want it, you have to go to Barcelona. You have to go to Dr. Stravinsky's. That's the only way you're going to find out. No, nah, it seems like a pretty expensive uh, <laughs> fee, to, fee to make that happen. It better be worth it. I'm telling you. <laughs> I'll tell you, when you're in there, it'll definitely be worth it for damn sure. Yeah. yeah I mean, there's so many little places to find those those you know summer drinks. There's the breakfast. To, what is it? Bellini? Mm -hmm. and the, yes. Uh, yeah, yeah. The little is that champagne and... It's Prosecco, peach. yeah, it's Prosecco, Prosecco and peach or Prosecco and strawberry or whatever. Very nice, yeah. Yeah, not, and then, um, I don't know, I, I, I guess you have that. What's the other one you have? Oh, yeah, wait, we've got the screwdriver. It's the vodka and orange. And, yeah, obviously. Yeah, some other stuff. But you we're talking specifically about kind of the summertime drink, like uh, Shandy. Do you know what a Shandy is? <laughs> I love a Shandy. A Shandy yeah. is the kind of thing, if I know I'm in for a really heavy session, I might start yeah. with a Shandy, you know, just to get me, just to get me rolling. Yeah, yeah. If the first thing you have out of the gate is a martini, dirty with olives, you're gonna, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You got to ease into things. You That's know, not gonna yeah. work out well. You got to have a system when you're out for a yeah. full day of drinking. This Definitely is part of the problem. System. I will try the, the the standard situation for most blokes in in England is that um, you're gonna go to a pub, you're gonna drink beer, 
you're just going to yeah. drink beer all day but as you get yeah. older and i think also there was some peer pressure when you were younger as well because when you're younger it's all about lager everyone's drinking lager and there reaches a point i think it's when you're about 33 i think is roughly the age you just go that's, yeah. that's disgusting i don't want to drink that shit anymore and your brain makes a switch to what I would call real ale, right? Which is now probably yeah. you know as craft beer, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but real ale has been a thing for many, many hundreds of years in the UK, and it's um, it's your flat, warm beers, you know, okay. your classic English ales, and those are great because number one, uh, they taste of something. Unlike lager, so that's the number one shot. Lager's very nice if you just yeah. want a nice, cool drink to kind of quench your thirst but it doesn't taste of anything so ales give you the option yeah. of of some kind of flavor but also yeah, lager lager is kind of like a german riesling like a riesling <laughs> wine is very light wine yes so lager the you know lager is the equivalent it's like neutral you know um, yeah well that's the that's what budweiser is that's what coors uh, is. yeah exactly all, exactly all that kind of thing yeah. But, but with ale, you also because there's such a wide variety it's an excuse once again to go places and drink it so you're like, I know this pub. They do all these weird beers. Let's go there and do that. And that's yeah. a thing. That's a day. That's that's a summer's day sorted out right there. Oh, you absolutely can. As you try There's them all so out. Oh, it's beautiful. Yeah. The other place to go in the summer down here, and I did it last year, was talking of gin and gin cocktails. Mm-hmm. The, you, you've heard of Bombay Sapphire. It's one of the, of course. Uh, yeah, one yeah. Of the most famous gins in the world. The distillery is just like half an hour from my house. Uh, and you can go down there and they do a little tour of the distillery and it's absolutely beautiful it's out in the middle of nowhere in the countryside there's a fresh water stream that runs through and that's the water that they use uh, for the gin and then they've built a glass house where they grow the botanicals it's not the same ones that go in the drinks obviously they're not making them in that volume but they wanted to grow them there so that people could see uh the type of environment that the botanicals come from and all the different plants themselves. So you can go in there, you can see the junipers and you can see all these different things they make and it's fucking awesome. And <laughs> the glass house they built is also a beautiful piece of construction because it's it's like at the top of the, of the warehouse, which is a red brick kind of building, the glass yeah. comes out of this window and it's almost like a pour of water and so the glass Ooh. cascades out of this window into like a waterfall and it's inside there. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. It's pretty oh, amazing. Wow. So if you Google uh, Bombay Sapphire Distillery, you'll find that stuff. It's very nice. Oh, man. Yeah, we've got a few distilleries. Um, that, you know, there's some good ones in Kansas. There's good ones in Colorado. Texas has got some. Distilleries have really come up uh, in the last, what, decade or so? Because mm-hmm. there was a big push for craft beer for a while. You had Sam Adams come out, and then, you know, there was kind of suddenly all these microbrews yes. and, you know, you know, really high-end, super limited. I had a coffee fig stout once. <laughs> oh, yeah, there you go. Oh, man, it was <laughs> I've not had an equal to that drink. But it was mm. wintertime, so it was you know, Yes, that's the right time, right. yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're not sitting in a 115 degree outdoor, you know, like a bar in Phoenix, Arizona. I'll have the stout. You're not that nuts. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Have an idea or something fresh, right? So it was a good nighttime drink. But I'll, yeah, I'll have a, I'll have a shepherd's pie and the milk stout, please. <laughs> yes, yeah, give me a liter chaser of water because I'm just going to sweat <laughs> the whole time I'm out in the sun. Um, so yeah, we, we did the microbrew thing and now we're coming up with small, uh, footprint sort of distilleries. And that's the, that's the new thing, at least in, in North America. I, you guys have been doing it 
you've got big corporate distilleries. You've got uh, Beef Eater Gin. Is uh, is that yes? In yeah, yeah, yeah. That's somewhere? a London dry. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And so there's there's a whole lot of that going on everywhere. And what I found out is uh, New Zealand, you're allowed to distill your own alcohol, but you can't brew your own beer. And that may be changed oh. now. That's what I knew a few years ago. Gotcha. Um, somebody gave me a nice uh, vodka that they made with tomato paste. What? Because you can do that. All you need is the organic matter to start the yeah. alcohol conversion a mate of mine, process. A mate of mine made a vodka with Skittles in it. What? Yeah. yeah well, yeah. he just wait a second. He took he took vodka, put Skittles in it. Well, he, he didn't yes, make vodka. He, he, out he of didn't Skittles. make it from scratch, but he flavored the vodka with Skittles, and it took him ages. Okay. Because he had to get the color out as well and everything else, you know. Oh, but, right. But yeah, this was a whole process. But I tried it. It literally tasted like drinking Skittles. So fair play. I mean, pointless, but fair, but fair play. Well, you you say that, and um, I I'd heard I now I, I take this with a grain of salt. I've never actually been on a cruise, but I heard cruise ships don't approve of you bringing on alcohol mm. because you buy the alcohol when you're on the ship sure, or sure. Know, whatever, the, whatever the case is. That's been the theme though, is that you don't bring alcohol onto this boat. So what people have you know, gotten into doing is uh, taking bottles of scope or Listerine and putting vodka and food coloring in it. And sometimes like cream de menthe, because it's minty and can be yeah, green colored. Yeah. And they'll, they'll put that in the scope bottle and they'll have, I don't know how, they, the, here's how you get caught folks. You have two liters of scope. For yeah, one. Yeah. That's I, how that works. I need to have That's a really question. fresh mouth, you know, all it's the very time important to me. I'm, I'm, I'm eating a lot of seafood. I'm out in the sun with my mouth open. There's seagulls everywhere. I got to have fresh breath. That's just the way this works. I mean, that is the length that people will go to to get their favorite alcohol with them. You know, it's, oh, yeah. it's terrifying. Now, I fly a lot, and I've, I've been very, very fortunate to be upgraded a lot. Of course, you get served in first class. Mm -hmm. uh, but I was talking to somebody else who is, also flies a lot for their work, and they said, you know, you can bring your own mini bottles of alcohol with you. Oh, I said, really? He goes, yeah, you can you can put them in your, your bag. He says, the airline cares, but TSA doesn't. Right. So that's how it yes, gets yes, through. Yes, okay. Now, for the record, I'm not going to test this. I have enough problems. <laughs> I don't want to be I'm not, the guy, I'm not advocating for this either. I'm just saying, I've heard that it's this possible. Happens. Right. I will not be attempting this myself. <laughs> um, I like that. But you I can bring a whole set with you and make your own cocktails. Sounds awesome. I know, because you get a you get a what a one quart bag, <laughs> and as long as the alcoholic volume or the liquid doesn't exceed three point three yeah, ounces, you're yeah. fine. <laughs> so if you have a quart bag full of pre bottle, I, I haven't done like I don't have enough little bottles to put in my quart bags, but I'm sure it's enough that it's exceeding for anything but like a 15 hour flight right where you get served anyways yes so i know people I that we shouldn't whatever. tell this to <laughs> because it's going to be dangerous yeah it probably will be they probably shouldn't do that. like i said i'm not advocating for it <laughs> when the guy told me that's what he did i thought ah that explains I don't, you know what i don't need to drink that much i really don't if if i sit and coach and i don't get a drink that's fine i'm not i'm not uh, out any from that i'll i'll take a glass of water i'll be perfectly yes. happy no i've fine. never been i've never been a drink on a plane guy i'm more of a drink when i get to the place um, guy that's my philosophy i do i do because when i get into first class i feel like i it's an upgrade first off, i've never paid for i'm always given 
because of miles and status, and whatever. So I never pay for the upgrade. When I get the upgrade, I utilize every single inch of that service that, <laughs> that I possibly uh, yeah, that's a fair can. Point. That is a fair point. You got to get your money's worth. When I go back to coach, I know none of that stuff exists back in coach. <laughs> I'm using as much as I can when I get up there. Right. Well, on that note, I think we're going to have to wrap it up for another week. And we've covered some very important topics this week. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Really. It's life changing, folks. Keep yeah. it on repeat. Keep exactly. It I think everyone can learn from this and people will be revisiting this one to get some useful information in years to come. It's a timeless ad. It's a timeless episode. <laughs> so I'm going to uh, I'm going to ask you to say goodbye for another week, JB. Yep, and uh, next time we'll see if we can get uh, Travis on to finish out the Utah talk. Fantastic, cool, man. Well, I will see you uh, on the other side. Have a good time, man. Now, right, take care. Uh, stay cool, everybody. Cheers. Bye.